Today, I get to talk to one of my idols. This woman made my favorite cartoons happen. Without her, the shows that we all love wouldn't exist. I'm talking to the one and only Andrea Romano. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for all those kind words. For people who don't know who you are, you actually are a voice director. How would you define that job? It's interesting because I, aside from being a voice director, I'm also a casting director, and that is very common. A lot of us voice directors also cast for ourselves. But my job as a voice director specifically is because we are at the beginning of the process, that is the template. That is what the animators will use to make the cartoons with. So my job is to supply the animators a vocal track that they can then animate to. And it's not just a vocal track, it has to be the vocal track. Wow, that's a lot more work than I thought it was. But how did you become interested in working in voice acting? It came as a complete surprise to me. I knew when I was very, very young that I wanted to be somehow involved in the entertainment industry. I did not know in what capacity. I didn't know what field it would be in specifically other than the entertainment industry. And I wanted to work with actors. And I started studying in undergraduate school as an actress. Then I went to New York City for a little while and tried to make a living there, and it was just too competitive and too hard and too cold. And so I moved to the West Coast by a friend who was a college roommate at Fredonia, and he asked me to come up to L.A. to temp for a couple of weeks for a voiceover agent's assistant. And so just, you know, as a fluke, freak kind of thing, I went to L.A. from San Diego and that two-week job ended up being more like two years. And then I discovered this whole world of voiceover that I had known nothing about. And I was hooked right from then from being an agent's assistant. And as a very quick run through my career, I was there at Abram Rublom for a couple years. And then I went over to Special Artists, which is what we call a boutique talent agency, a much smaller agency, where I started their voiceover department. And then after being there for about a year and a half, Ginny McSwain, the casting director at Hanna-Barbera, contacted me. And ultimately, I became the casting director at Hanna-Barbera and then started directing at Disney uh, TV Animation for DuckTales, which just celebrated its 30th anniversary. And then I've been casting and directing animation voices since, uh, as a freelance uh, person, since 1989. Since you mentioned all some of the shows you worked on, my personal favorites are like Animaniacs, Pink in the Brain, Static Shock. Do you have any stories from working on those that you're willing to share? I have so many stories, and I actually am writing my memoirs now. The shows that you mentioned specifically are all shows that I was very fond of myself. Animaniacs will always always have a very special place in my heart. There's not one series that I can say that I worked on that was just a breeze from start to finish. It all requires a tremendous amount of work. The trick is in making it look like it was really easy. Static Shock was really interesting for me because the late, great Dwayne McDuffie was such a smart man and such a, a wonderful writer. And I loved working on a series that was part action, part comedy. It had to do with kind of younger cast members, younger superheroes, kind of superheroes who don't know they're going to be superheroes. You know, yeah. th that kind of superheroism is thrust upon them and how they react. It's already tough enough to be a teenager. But to be a teenager who suddenly discovered they've got powers, that's wonderful. And um, that was a joy to work on that series. Uh, and then in my career, I've had the, the joy of working on so many different types of shows. Um, the Boondocks. I mean, couldn't be a more different show than, say, The Smurfs. 
Very true. I had the great joy of working on both those series. Some of the last series that I worked on just before I retired were Puss in Boots, which was an absolute joy and a beautiful cartoon. And there are still episodes yet to be dropped on Netflix that will be coming out, and I'm incredibly proud of those. Voltron, which is a wonderful series. I got to work with a lot of my friends. And a sweet, sweet series called Nico and the Sword of Light, which was based on a iPad app. And Amazon picked it up as a series. Do you have any suggestions for someone who wants to be like you? First of all, watch as many cartoons as you can. My job often was to come in and help create a a different kind of cartoon. So I had to look at everything that was on the air to see what we needed to do to make it different. Take acting classes yourself. If you expect to be a director, you have to understand the viewpoint of an actor. You have to understand their sensitivity, what they go through every day in order to create a character. You have to understand acting terminology so that you can say to an actor, let's talk about your pre-life in this scene, or let's talk about the subtext in this scene. And you need to know what those things are so that you can discuss them with the actor. Take a voiceover class. Even go so far as putting together a demo of your own because... That really gets you in the boots of an actor's experience. You get to see exactly what it's like to walk in their shoes. What I did was, as many of us do, we start working at talent agencies, then we start casting, and then we start directing. The most important thing, I think, in my job was creating an environment where actors felt safe to create with me. That's probably the most important part of a voice director's job is making sure that they create an environment where everybody in it feels comfortable and everybody in it feels creative. Oh, that is fantastic advice. Thank you so much, Andrea. My pleasure.